Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 138, Adjusting My Shot. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Andrew as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Hi Alex, really well, thanks. Well, I'm glad you're here, I'm glad we connected online and you're calling from Brisbane, which is perfect, I probably butchered butcher saying that, I'm really bad with words, but calling from Australia and... You know what? I love having people from all around the world, which is fantastic. So once again, thank you so much for coming. Not at all. So today we're going to be talking about Nerf modding. But before we do that, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Andrew. So I'm just a regular dad, two kids living in suburban Brisbane in Australia. I used to be more into sport until a few injuries led me to retire. And uh, I found myself looking for more things to do with my time. And Nerf blasters is, is something that the kids have always had around, and I sort of fell into a local group here, uh, and um, yeah, got hooked. You got hooked on the darts, but there's no hooks on the actual darts, right? <laughs> no, no. So they're they're all soft. They um, usually don't hurt. Yeah, unless you get them in the eye. Well, eye protection is uh, the number one thing. Safety first in all our events that we attend. So, uh, yeah, it can't be too safe. I'm going to come in with a full, like, gear, body armor and stuff like that because knowing my luck, I will get it exactly in the eye multiple times. I went paintballing a few times and I got shot right in the Adam's apple twice. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I think my most painful shots have been on the lip. Ooh. And um, I got myself a mask to cover my lower face. And the first, first event I went to with this, I thought, oh, I feel a bit silly wearing this mask. And within two minutes of a round starting, I took a dart right in the top lip. And uh, the next round, I thought that's not going to happen twice. And uh, <laughs> it happened twice. So it's been, uh, I've, I've been wearing a full face mask uh, ever since. That, my friend, is called Murphy's Law. <laughs> exactly. I still get shot in the face plenty, but uh, it doesn't bother me now. You know how? You know why that why that happens is because there's a little piece of metal in the dart, and there's mag like a magnet on your forehead. It just goes straight to your forehead. I think the other players in our group uh, are quite happy using me as a target as well because they know you're a threat. That's why they try to eliminate you first. See and this. This is, this is what they're doing. This is the plan. But yes, before we jump too far into the topic of today, I'm sure the people would love to see where they can find you. Do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on so people can come show some love? Uh, yes. So I've got a YouTube channel where I put up videos of uh, some blasters that I mod, uh, showing how I've done it and how they work. But across YouTube, there are hundreds or you know, thousands of, uh, of people showing how to do different sorts of mods whether performance or cosmetic, everything in between. A local group, the Brisbane Area Nerf Group, has a presence on Facebook where we organize our game and games and interact with our, our members. And uh, plenty of people have Instagram uh, accounts where they, they show off their blasters as well. So yeah, I can, um, I've got some links to, to each of those, but uh, Reddit is another good place to find information about, about Nerf and get stuck into the hobby. So yeah, there's plenty of information available for anyone who's interested. Well, you know what? I'm here to promote you, so I'm definitely going to share your YouTube channel. And if people want to learn more about Nerf Blasting, uh, Nerf Blasters, go check out Andrew's channel. There's no other channels on the internet for it. Yeah, all the other ones got <laughs> taken down. They got taken down, yeah. Some guy named Alex reported them all, except for Andrew's channel. <laughs> but that's perfect. I'll put all that information down below so people can go check it out, show some love, and share it with the world and learn more about you. And now we're going to jump right into the topic of Nerf modding. But before we do that, what are Nerf blasters? So I think a lot of people know 
Nerf guns or foam dart uh, blasters. There's, uh, you know, Nerf is the the best known brand, I guess, but uh, there are other brands available, and you know, they're all fairly similar. They shoot foam darts in a in a variety of ways. So modding is taking those blasters and um, altering, upgrading, improving those uh, in a whole variety of ways. Uh, whether it's uh, upgrading springs to make spring-powered blasters shoot harder and faster and further, whether it's upgrading motors and flywheels in, in motorized blasters, whether it's completely gutting and adding you know, high-pressure air uh, components for really high performance, uh, or whether it's just pulling it apart, giving it a really cool paint job and putting it back together for you know cosplay or props or, yeah, any or just to make yourself happy so it's a really wide hobby uh, it's a lot of fun for a lot of people and i have a feeling that you dabbled a little bit in all of those try to try to try them all out and combine them and then you have an ultimate blaster but actually before we do that we were talking about this before we had the interview all my questions were calling them guns and bullets but there's things where the your community or the, the nerf modding community would try to avoid using those words so why, if you don't mind me asking, what is the reason why they're called blasters and darts rather than guns and bullets? So a few reasons for that. A big one is to put a distance, put some separation between what are essentially toys and uh, real steel firearms. In different countries, different cultures, people are more involved with guns. There's you know shooting hobbies, shooting sports. Uh, there are sports like uh, you know, paintball and airsoft and uh, gel balls around the place with you know with their own communities, with their own cultures. From the Nerf and foam dart blasting world, the the focus tends to be more on the fun and the goofiness and the quirkiness of the hobby, and um, you know making games and events more family friendly, I guess. So really appealing to to younger players, but also older families. You know, mums and dads. You know, we've got grandparents in our group, and being able to hold events in public places uh, like parks is, is something that um, that you just can't do with um, other shooting toys or shooting hobbies. You know, where um, you know, where the, the the guns you know could be uh, could appear or be mistaken for for real firearms. And so to help to help with that, most groups have rules uh, like for public events. Where you know blasters can't have black or dark green or camo paint schemes, so the focus is on having you know, really bright to ensure that you know a general member of the public wouldn't mistake uh, what you're holding um, for a you know, for a real gun and, and be tempted to, to call the local law enforcement. Yeah, you know, of course, painting for you know cosplay and and props. There are you know some artists that produce absolutely amazing uh, works. That can look very similar to firearms, but those types of blasters wouldn't generally be used in public events. You know, it's a, it's a very different thing if you're attending a Comic-Con or you know, another convention um, as a cosplayer with what's obviously a, a prop um, as part of your costume. And another, another um, reason for wanting to put that distance in place is a practical one from, a, um, from you know, managing the hobby with uh, social media a lot of a number of platforms have restrictions on what can be said or sold or you know, groups discussing things and if um, you know, commentary around um, guns and bullets you know, can can trigger different algorithms to shut sites down um, which has happened here and there in the past so there's a there's a practical aspect to it as well 
No, that, that makes complete sense. And I don't know if you know the answer or you're familiar with this, but would this be the same thing for, let's say, water guns or water blasters or super soakers? Would that be the same realm? Would, it, would you be knowledgeable if those are considered as blasters as well? Well, our local group, Brisbane, is the capital of Queensland, tropical north uh, of Australia. It gets very hot in summer. And so <laughs> as part of our local group's rule set, super soakers or other um, water blasters are actually allowed. And uh, you know, squirting someone with a stream of water on a hot day, like at our, um, our most recent uh, end-of-year Christmas event, mm-hmm. uh, very, very hot day. And yeah, a lot of people quite enjoyed getting a soak <laughs> midway through the day. Somebody, one of the, some of the experts like, I didn't get shot yet, but oh my goodness, I'm warm. Somebody just cool me down. Okay. All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Now for you, how did you actually get introduced to modding Nerf blasters? My kids had Nerf guns, Nerf blasters now and then uh, when they were younger. And my son had one particularly expensive one given to him for Christmas one year. And it got used for a bit and then it didn't get used. And then when it was picked up again, the motors didn't work. It was a motor, it was a battery powered flywheel blaster. And um, I got a bit upset thinking, you know, this thing costs $80 or whatever. And, you know, we've used it for maybe a dozen times. And now the, you know, obviously the motors don't work. You pull the trigger and nothing happens. And I thought, how complicated can it be on the inside? I'm sure there's a way, you know, probably a simple electrical circuit. Maybe the solders come undone. Maybe a wire's been cut or the motor's burned out. And I'm sure there's a way to repair this. So um, being inquisitive uh, in nature, got the screwdriver out, pulled it apart, had a look inside, and it was just what I thought. It's a simple electrical circuit with a switch, the rev trigger, and um, the wiring was fine. But, yeah, the, uh, one of the motors had, had just burned out. So I went looking for replacement motors, thinking that there must be a standard size and shape. And I found a website, uh, an online store called Blaster Tech that sold replacement motors for Nerf blasters. And I thought, great. And so I ordered a few and um, the guy who runs the store dropped me a note and said, oh, yeah, we're, I'm based in Brisbane. And I said, oh, great, cheap postage. And he said, by the way, we've got a local group. And we have events in local parks and the next one's on the weekend. You should come along with the kids. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my son he, my son said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go, let's go. Uh, so uh, I took him and a mate along. And I realized pretty early on the kids were running around uh, having fun. But adults with stock blasters, unmodified blasters, you know, were sitting ducks or you know, target practice for some of the more involved guys. And so I thought, so um, on the way home, I said to the kids, you know, oh, that was that was good experience, but do you think we should do it again? And uh, my son was like, yes, yes, we have to go every week. <laughs> and I, so I said to myself, all right, if we're going to come back, we're going to compete. And so that's when I really got got stuck into you know, modding for, for performance. And yeah, that, was, that was my thing. So then I had a whole well, it's an ongoing process, really, of learning and trying things and um, not just trying different ways of modding different types of blasters, but then seeing how they went, in, went to gameplay. And, uh, and different players will prefer different strategies. They'll get more enjoyment out of different ways of playing. So it's a, there's a whole you know, learning experience of you know, exploring and finding out what you, what you enjoy. And it may not be one thing. It might be three or four different styles of play that you like to do throughout the day. Uh, with any different different events. 
you know what it's it's this is an odd thought but when you said your son and you are very competitive like all right let's do this we're gonna go really into it i feel like right before you go to this event remember that scene from the matrix where i think it was neo and morpheus are just standing in a room and all the guns come come, just come all in (laughs) and i just imagine you and your son just there with just a bunch of nerf blasters like yes this is the one we're gonna use (laughs) so on that note how big is your collection my my current focus is on quality rather than quantity. And so I'm focusing on for different types of events. So we um, the family events we have in local parks uh, are called super stock. So a stock blaster is unmodified. Super stock is lightly modified. So uh, stock blasters might have a velocity of between 50 to 70 FPS uh, feet per second uh, typically. Superstock events, depends on the group, but 130 to 150 FPS is pretty common. So our group has a 150 FPS cap for our uh, our family events. So I've got um, a number of blasters that are aiming at that that level. And so the so I usually have you know one main one, a backup, and then a backup backup or a loner. That um, you know if if somebody attends an event and they've only got one blaster and it jams or malfunctions or runs out of batteries, then um, yeah, then I can then I can loan loan out. But then my son and my wife also play, so they've got a main and a backup and a backup backup. Uh, so yeah, our, our useful blasters are probably less than twenty, um, and I've probably got another less useful twenty that are either things that I got in bundles that I'll offload, or uh, things that you know might be free future projects and and they're in um, long term storage for now until i come up with a plan now when it comes to this is an odd question but when it comes to the actual modding aspect do you try to let's say i wouldn't say necessarily break some parts but like expand on the the gun or sorry not the gun but the blaster to modify the shape of it of how it is like let's say for example you had like some sort of blaster like you had a concept and you're like oh well what if i had it attached to my wrist so it's kind of like a glove blaster would you ever do some, something like that my i i figured out pretty early on that i'm not very artistic i i did try you know painting blasters initially and and that's fun but you know, other than you know solid solid block colors uh you know, i wasn't very good at that so uh, i moved towards you know, function over form uh, rather, there's a couple of things around related to that that um, a lot of, that other people do much better uh, than I do. Integrations is where you take components or shells of two or more blasters and chop them up and mold them, and you know using sculpting or you know epoxy putty to fill in the gaps and join up the bits and come up with you know, hybrid designs made up of, of the different parts, different shells of different blasters either for, for looks or for function or both. Uh, and so that's something that I've not really had the aptitude for, so I don't have anything <laughs> worth looking at. Another thing around modding you know, form is um, the the advent of 3D printing. And um, that's last few years, that's, that's really taken off and there's some really amazing designs being made, again, by people cleverer than myself producing you know, blasters of different types with a you know, spring-powered or flywheel-powered or, or air-powered blasters. Voice command-powered? <laughs> shoo, shoo, pew, pew. But, okay, so on the, that, that note of talking about the 3D printed, saying that's not necessarily your strong suit, but let's say somebody was listening to this podcast and had a 3D printer and would love to make you a Nerf blaster. 
what would how would you describe the design you would like if you were able to if you're able to describe the perfect nerf blaster for yourself well my most recent video up on my youtube channel is actually a um, a breakdown and assembly guide of just that uh it's a blast that was designed by a fellow called Narotta in the netherlands and he came up with this design uh for it's a it's a high pressure air powered blaster uh hpa which isn't legal in all jurisdictions so um need to check if that's allowed where you are and it utilizes a product called a supercore which is like a um, an internal tank that holds the air for one shot one to, to fire the dart once and then there's a sealed breach and it's a semi-automatic design that was designed by another guy located in brisbane who's called spectre uh, and this blaster has a bit similar to a paintball marker where it actually has the an air bottle incorporated in the design attached to the handle, uh, and it's a bull a bullpup design. So it's really it's almost like a Scandinavian design, though Netherlands isn't Scandinavia. It's very minimalistic, ergodynamically sound, very well balanced, but allows you to carry a, a bottle of compressed air, um, have all the regulators incorporated in the design by adjusting the psi. You can fire as hard or as soft as, as you like in a semi-automatic uh, design so that, that's probably my highest performance best blaster uh, i guess and um, and those those 3d files are available on thingiverse for anyone to grab and download the pneumatic components uh, are obviously a different kettle of fish but uh, thingiverse is a great place to find all sorts of designs for for different shapes and styles of blasters including flywheel powered blasters uh, spring-powered blasters. Um, most of them require additional hardware, um, you know, springs and priming rods, or you know, motors and, and electrical wiring for flywheel uh, blasters. But uh, again, there's a good, um, there's a useful Facebook group um, of printed blaster um, enthusiasts, where which is a good place to look for you know designs and see what's possible and to get help. And uh, it's a really sharing, not just with printed blasters, but the Nerf community as a whole, I found, is really sharing and welcoming, and you know, very encouraging of uh, new people to the hobby, uh, and those who who want to try something different and you know, improve on a design or you know, take a risk uh, and try something new. And on the topic of trying something new or seeing something new and amazing, what this might be a really tough question, but what is the most interesting Nerf blaster you have ever seen? Ooh, I. <laughs> I mean, there's so many fantastic designs. It seems like every few weeks someone will come out with something fantastic and new. On one hand, I really like very clever integrations using store-bought store Nerf blasters chopped up and put back together in different ways. And it might be converting something from you know, adding the stock from you know, one blaster to the, the front end of another one. Or it might be completely reconfigurating reconfiguring the insides so that what was a bullpup blaster now has the magazine in front of the, the handle or it might be converting what was a spring-powered blaster into a flywheel-powered blaster. So so it's, it's really fun to see completely off the wall, completely you know out of the box, outside the square ideas that people have come up with and really made work. So that that's something that I really enjoy seeing because that's something that it's it's not a skill that i have so i can really appreciate that in others 
Now, when it comes to actually modding the Nerf Blasters, do you prefer doing it alone or do you like doing it with company, whether it's somebody else who's experienced in the field or let's say your son, who maybe is very experienced as well? He is less into the making and more into the using. So the fellow who runs the the web store that I first got into is called Blaster Tech. Uh, his name is Dean. And as I said, he's he's located in Brisbane as well. He's really uh, been a font of, of knowledge for me uh, in many ways. And um, I, I've had this well, maybe it's not an unusual trait of taking advice from someone and then thinking I could do it better. And then after failing, realizing that that expert was right in the first place. <laughs> so I've gone through a process of that where now I know that I'll take experts' advice <laughs> in this area first off, rather than thinking I can do or come up with a better solution myself, because usually I can't. So, so Dean's been a fount of uh, a font of knowledge in general, but we've also got in the local Brisbane group, and I think we've been we're pretty blessed to with the the range of people. Yeah, you know, there, there are clever people all over the place, but in our local group, Spectre is uh, who I mentioned. He's um, extremely knowledgeable and has produced some amazing components in the high pressure air field, which is pretty specialised. As I said, it's not it's not allowed in in all places around the world. There's, there's several other people in our local group. Who've been doing, who've been modding for for many many years, who um, are always really happy to, to share their knowledge. So it's always good, whatever I'm thinking of or coming up with, to to run ideas past people who've who've either done something before or they may have know of somebody who's tried your idea or something similar to your idea and have suggestions for you. So there's um, it's always good to to be able to fall back and you know ask someone smarter than yourself. What they think of your of your plan to work out if it's feasible or not before you know putting six weeks into a project and having it fail for what turns out to be a pretty obvious reason. The work itself I mostly do uh, by myself, but in our, our Brisbane group we on a you know, occasional basis arrange uh, mod days where people. The last one was uh, actually in my garage where we'd invite people around. And they bring their projects and work on them. And so you can maybe access tools that you didn't have uh, in your own shed or be able to act, you know, ask and you know, see and you know, access that expert advice on site. So that's something that I think we'd like to do you know, slightly more often uh, going forward after the COVID-19 restrictions ease a bit more. So that's, that's, that's another good thing that, um, yeah, it can sometimes be a bit lonely yourself in a shed, but um, having the opportunity to, to access others or run ideas past them, uh, yeah, that, that's always really useful. And then you've got your online community where um, you know, different forums where you can ask all sorts of questions and uh, you know, yeah, access knowledge from all around the world. Yeah, there's always someone around to, to tell you what they think. Well, you know what? During this whole pandemic right now, what you're doing is just you're building your arsenal. I don't know if that's a term you're used in Nerf Blasters, but you're building up your tools. So once everything is good to go, ready to go back out in public, you'll be like, you know what? I'm ready. Come at well, me. Well, <laughs> yeah, maintenance, maintenance, cleaning, um, refresh. I've done a few refreshes uh, of older blasters, but I've actually tried. I've purposely gone slow so i haven't tried to do everything all at once early on when it wasn't certain whether you know how how long lockdown would be or you know, what things were going to be available i did do a well i won't call it panic buying i'll say it, i'll call it sensible preparation stocking up on components like flywheel motors and flywheels and a few other things just in case 
but I haven't yet I haven't yet run out of things to do on any given weekend. So now your friends listening to this episode will be like, okay, now I have to step up my game because if Andrew is still working really hard, I have to work even harder. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure everyone in our group is uh, is you know, well into uh, into this and uh, you know looking at the the builds that, that people are posting. I think a lot of people are looking forward to our, our first first event back, and uh, there'll be a lot of cool stuff to see. Now this is an odd question, but do you name your blasters like this is Betsy? I've got a couple of names like that, but I, again, I'm not very creative in that regard. Well, it's so, I mean, no, is <laughs> the short answer. The closest I get to, to something clever is a, a Hasbro Nerf Blaster called the Retaliator, which is pretty common. Some years ago, they had a, um, not, it's usually in a, a white or a solid blue colored shell. Um, some years ago, it was produced in a transparent blue color, uh, and they called that Sonic Ice. And there are several blasters in the Sonic Ice range. So I've got a Sonic Ice Retaliator, and I've incorporated that semi-automatic HPA core, uh, which is the super core, into this Sonic Ice blaster. So I call that Super Sonic. It's not very clever, but <laughs> that's, as, that's as clever as, as my naming goes you know what i'm just as bad when it comes up with names so you know what we're in the same boat it must be something to do with people with names that start with an a i don't know <laughs> well no one can be good at everything can they yes yes except except you and i combine and we're great at everything like you we complete each <laughs> other right yes <laughs> so uh back to the actual nerf blasters this is an odd question but what is the furthest distance and let's say fastest speed you ever shot a Nerf dart with your modded uh, blasters? So there's physical limitations, I guess, with with the different types of blasters. With flywheel blasters, it's difficult to get much over 150 or 160 FPS without almost destroying the darts. To um, if you think about a pair of flywheels, you know, squeezing a dart and flicking and flinging it it forward, the the closer the crush and the tighter the flywheels grip the dart, the more power they can impart, but the more it's going to tear up and, and destroy the darts eventually, whether decapitation or just shredding the foam. So there's, you know, you can try having multi multiple stages of flywheels uh, as being done, but it's sort of being, it's difficult to get much high, not impossible, but difficult to get much over, you know, 200 FPS in a reasonable way. In a reasonable way, that's that's going to be a, a useful useful blaster. So that, you know that might translate to I don't know maybe two hundred feet at a, a reasonable level of accuracy for that sort of distance uh, at most. Spring powered blasters, uh, you know, by having larger plunger tubes and very strong springs, well beyond you know, my ability. I'm, I'm not the strongest guy in the world. I have the biggest arms in the world. But you know, with, with spring power blasters, it's not unusual to get 300 or 300 uh, feet per second with um, a, an equivalent increase in range. But then with um, air-powered blasters, using paintball bottles where you can dial up the PSI input as, as high as, as you like. I think the highest reading I've seen someone do is 800 um, FPS, completely unusable. You'd never be able to use that in a, in a, in a real in a real situation in a in a, a community event yeah but a uh, effective range you know if in most cases you know if you can you know hit a target at 100 feet 
um, on a regular basis, that, that's, that's pretty good. You're going to be pretty useful in most events. I could just imagine as well, if you overpower the blaster and you shoot it, just <laughs> just gets destroyed before it even leaves the the, the, the blasters. So the people on the other end was like, what is, what is going on over there? I just see a bunch of like blue foam flying everywhere. Is he fighting a ghost? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that's, that, that happens. That can happen for sure. And on a personal level, what would you say is the best part about Nerf modding? I enjoy having the work I do translate into events. So building a blaster that, that serves me well uh, on the field helps helps the team that I that I'm with to you know, to compete well and so whether you know whether the style of play is you know a long range sniper type play or whether it's uh, you know an ambushing type role getting in close with a high rate of fire um, flywheel blaster having something that's that that's something I've built that is effective and useful and reliable that's where I get get the enjoyment Plus the kids, seeing the kids enjoy themselves. Actually, speaking of which, do you ever go back to one of your builds and try to improve it? Or is it one of those things like, you know what, this is the build, this is what I'm going to keep it as? Uh, yeah, so any anything with, um, with a spring or flywheel power that has moving parts or electrical components, things are going to wear out over time. The motors that most people use are brushed motors. Though, you know, there are brushless builds available. They're more expensive uh, to make so brushed motors are more common and you know of course they they wear out over time uh and so it's yeah it's it's not unusual to uh to go back and um and update uh last i've got some that i've updated or upgraded um three or four times over the, the couple of years i've been in the hobby um just because yeah things wear out or your style of play might uh might change and you want to try something different so uh yeah it um there's both a you know a, a maintenance, updating and upgrading uh, process, plus a um, you know maybe you just want to try something new. So yes, things do get um, do get revisited. When you build your Nerf blaster, do you hand it off to your son and he's the final judge, so saying yes, father, this is good. No, father, this is bad. Do it like this. Does he play a role in the creation process? The short answer is no. <laughs> the longer answer is also no. <laughs> he's got a very different style of play. He enjoys. I, I enjoy the two separately in, in separate separate types of games, um, either acting as a you know a long range sniper or being a, a short range you know high rate of fire flywheel um, user. My son likes to use a shield, which different different groups have different rule sets. Uh, in our group, shields uh, are fine to use with blasters. In some places, shields you can only use with um, melee weapons like foam swords, which might just be a pool noodle. So he's got a um, a pistol, a magazine-fed pistol called the Goblin, which is printed by uh, a fellow in Germany that um, he bought with his birthday money last year. And he uses his pistol and his shield uh, together. And my most recent gameplay video, um, we we're on opposing teams, and I think he tagged me five times within a single round. Oh, wow. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's really effective. Uh, with that and in our group the and it's probably similar in in other groups the players when so playing games it's a bunch of people turn up turn up at a park and you'll have one of a number of different uh, game styles whether it's like a capture the flag or deliver an uplink or defend an area games uh, and the teams are usually just split up just by dividing the group into you know, reasonably you know the admins the the hosts 
you know, do what they can to, to balance the teams out as best they can between new players and old adults and kids. So it's, you know, it's divided up, you know, reasonably evenly so that, um, you know, no one, no one enjoys a game where one team's obviously stronger than, than another. So usually it's the, the experienced players, um, they try to get tags on opposing experienced players. Um, it's no fun, you know, shooting little kids um, from a distance. And, you know, the the mums and dads, casual players, they tend to hone in, hone in on, on, you know, equivalent opponents. And, you know, the kids tend to have fun fighting against other kids. So it, um, it, it, it rarely reaches a point where, you know, it's, there's an imbalance between opposing players, even though the strength of players will vary within, a, within any team. However, my son, he's, he's 11, so he'd be classed as a little kid, but he competes and is targeted by the highest powered and most experienced adult players just because of the strength of these tactics and the way he uses uh, his equipment. So um, he, he's very good from a, a tactical and strategic style of play in using his shield not only to um, give himself cover, but to team up with a couple of the um, you know, more experienced, higher value players to almost multiply their effectiveness by giving them additional cover uh, in different games. So, um, yeah, he's got a very different style of play. Um, he's got his favorite blaster that he uses, and that supports his style of play. And uh, he's, he's really effective uh, on the field, which is, um, brings a smile to my face when I, when I see it. And sometimes a tear to the eye when he keeps tagging me so often like he did it. <laughs> it's not a tear of joy. It's kind of like, good, you're great, but oh, you got me. How? How did I get defeated? <laughs> and you got me again and again. <laughs> and again. No dessert for you tonight. <laughs> now, from my experience, the nerf darts can come in different shapes and forms. There is the original, which is a suction cup. Then there's the ones that have a smooth head. And then there's the ball. Or maybe there's another one afterwards. But for you, what is your preferred one to use when it comes to modding? Which ones do you prefer that you feel are more effective or just more enjoyable to work with? So the suction cap ones aren't seen much these days. Uh, and the reality is that the official Hasbro Nerf brand darts, which you know their packaging say only use official darts, they're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're upgrading your blasters at all, they just don't perform well at higher velocities so there are aftermarket darts available darts own make oh, sorry adventure force waffles are ones that are available in america that are a very good performance otherwise uh, suppliers mostly well everything's made in china so there's um there's a, a company called worker based in china and they, they make really good quality darts that work in the same way with with any foam dart blaster but for the higher performance mostly springer and air powered blasters we use half dart, half length darts or short darts. And they're just like they sound, they're darts that are, that are half the length, which you can buy that length, or you can get regular darts and, and cut them in half yourself with a with a knife or a razor blade. And the short, shorter length actually gives them better stability and better better accuracy uh, through the air compared to full length. So half length darts far superior at, at you know at, at higher performance. Um, levels for those types of blasters. In our group, we have um, a community dart bin uh, with thousands of both regular uh, full-length and half-length darts, and uh, you know players pay ten bucks per game, or sorry, ten bucks per day per event for dart high, and that just covers wear and tear and uh, and replacing 
the darts over time. Other places, uh, people bring their own darts uh, for different events. So um, that's the regular, they're 50 cal, so that's they're half, in, half an inch diameter darts. Balls, um, Rival is the, is the Nerf range. They're more powerful and better, better aerodynamically in, at stock levels. So blasters that are unmodified, um, but at higher power and higher velocities, they tend to to veer uh, left or right and lose their accuracy. So they're not commonly used at our events. But then you've got other dart types like mega darts, which are uh, bigger. They're um, 75 cal, and you've got rockets that are fired usually by um, you know, with um, manual air, you know, hand pumps in, in different blasters. And um, depending on the group, they can have uh, different rules and different effects. So um, mega darts and and rockets are the bane of of my son's gameplay because they will actually, if they hit his shield, the shield's destroyed and he's got to drop it for for the round. So there's different different rule sets in place um, here and there, uh, but that that's sort of one example where you know a dart type that you might need to carry a separate a separate mega dart blaster in your loadout or you know, carry a few hand grenades or rockets with you. But if you get up close and can take out a shield bearer, that uh, that can really help turn the tide uh, in a battle. So my, I, I usually carry a few handheld rockets with me for that purpose or sometimes a pistol firing a mega dart. To break your shields, uh, your son's shield, correct? <laughs> if I need to. <laughs> or another plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your son's listening right now, this is all strategy we're talking about. Just trying to figure out the best way. And for you, what has Nerf modding taught you in life? So there's, I mentioned before about getting people's advice and then ignoring it and doing what I reckon before realizing that the experts were right. So that's (laughs) one thing that you'd think when you're in your 40s, you should have worked that out by now. Most people will believe the mechanic when they tell them what's wrong with their car rather than you know having a look at an engine and, and coming up with their own idea most people will believe the doctor when they tell them what they what's wrong with their body or what they need to do or how to fix some injury so the same sort of thing here um, I should have known and now I do know better <laughs> when somebody who's been modding nerf blasters for 10 years makes a suggestion that's probably a good idea uh, to follow it the other lesson I think is um, to I guess not be so serious. Enjoy and enjoy yourself, and uh, you're never too old. You know, I was 40 before I got into this hobby, and I reckon I have as much, if not more, fun than the eight and ten and twelve year olds um, <laughs> running around. Just running around with a smile on your face. Well, you know what? As long as you enjoy it, that's the joy of it, and that's why I have you here to talk about it. But now, on the flip side, I know this is not too joyful, but has Nerf modding ever stressed you out? Ah. Uh, it's stressful when things don't go right, <laughs> or when you think you've you think you've made something and it's going to work really well, and you go to use it in an event and it jams the first time, the first dart you put through it, or you know wiring comes loose or a motor burns out. So there's, there's frustrations like that. I try to flip those around and consider those you know opportunities to to do something new or to do something better? Do I need to improve my soldering skills here? Or do I need to upgrade this component from plastic to metal so that it's stronger? Or do I need to improve my brass work so that I can make a sealed breach that loads more cleanly? So I I try not to 
have the stress, I try to, to turn that to, into a positive. So it really does sound like you take the time to actually learn what the problem is and then you always find a way, whether you find a solution right away or you find a solution down the line, you're pretty patient. But I feel like this I is, try to be. Yeah, I feel like this is something that came through practice and experience. So on that note, what was your biggest challenge when you first started nerf modding? So the challenge initially was I wanted to after the first event where I could see that the the guys who were experienced with the highest powered weapons were having what I saw as the most fun. Um, I don't know if I still think think that that style of play is always the most fun. I wanted to to run. I wanted to go as fast and as hard as I could straight away. Whereas now looking back, I probably would have done better and probably gotten to my target quicker by taking incremental steps uh, and learning gradually rather than you know, trying to get the most and the highest powered and the strongest and, and the furthest firing dart that I could. So you're giving me advice. If I ever get into this, do not do that. <laughs> so on that note, following that same train of thought, what is your current biggest challenge? I think to appreciate contentedness. How about that? That's a solid answer. I mentioned earlier quality over quantity. And I, I think I'm I'm doing well um, with that, ensuring that you know the blasters I've got are ones that we collectively, our family, will use and use well, and and they'll serve us well, and they'll be reliable. And do we want to you know to support the way we like to have fun, and not to check out you know, the secondhand sales sites every second day looking for something new, <laughs> and. Um, and wanting, you know, wanting to build you know, the latest and greatest of everything that I see. So you don't have a notification on your phone saying, new blaster came out. Nope, no, nope, nope, not looking at that. Nope, not today. <laughs> uh, look, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a level of responsibility to, to know what's going on in the hobby. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, not, not to jump on any, every train that arrives at the station, if we put it that way. Yeah, you just got to wait for the right train. You're, I was going to say the right cup of train, but that's not the expression. You don't drink trains. But yes, I, I do understand where you're coming from. Yes. And you were talking about this at the beginning of the episode of the misconception of guns and bullets, but along the same train of thought. Yeah, see, I use train again. Uh, what are some misconceptions about people who nerf or sorry, who do nerf modding? I think about what I would have thought about nerf modding before I got into it. I would have thought it would be mostly young guys maybe socially awkward, maybe, you know, lack of social connections. But the reality is that I found a, you know, a community both locally and nationally and internationally that's, you know, a wide range of people in age from children, adults, grandparents in, in a wide range of places from a wide range uh, of walks of life. Um, yeah, there are, there are lots of young people to get into it, it's a it's a pretty cheap hobby. You know, if you can go to the go to the shops and get a blaster for five or ten or twenty bucks, and get a few components, you know, buy buy a spring and slap that in, and you've you've done a Nerf mod, or you know, get some paint from the workshop and paint the paint the shell and come up with something cool. That you know, that that's Nerf modding. So you can get into the hobby for, for really really cheap. But then it's there's you know almost the sky's the limit. You, there's there's there are so many different things that you can do, and so many different things people do do in so many different ways 
using skills taken from real, real life. Um, you know, engineers in particular are responsible, I think, for a lot of the um, really higher level advances in, in our hobby. Uh, lately, designers you know, bring skills from from you know from their day jobs. So it's yeah, there's there's such a, a wide range of, of people involved. And that's almost, I don't know, with a, a side effect of, of that wide range of people, of walks of life and ages and employment, I found the community really, really welcoming and tolerant of any you know, new members, new people joining the hobby, you know, whatever their background is, which is, it's, it's, it's really comforting. And I, I think there are you know, so many groups where, you know, you've got to be in to be in. And if you're not in, then, you know, you're well outside. This is one where you know, everyone is is welcome, uh, pretty much. Yeah, you, and once again, like you said, the sky's the limit. And speaking of which, I remember seeing on YouTube of people attaching Nerf blasters to a drone, which was in the sky. So yeah, the, just if you have a thought, an idea, and you have the means and the ways, you, anything's possible. Why not put a Nerf blaster in the shoe? So when you like, I was gonna say when you kick someone, <laughs> don't kick anybody. <laughs> But like anything is possible and you're absolutely right. And it's for everybody. There's, there's no discrimination when it comes to creating new Nerf blasters and hopefully destroying your son's shield. I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> and do you speak on the same train of thought again. Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Find a local group. Check out all the groups you can find on Facebook and YouTube and, and Reddit. Look at all the different types of uh, blasters that people make and gear that people use and watch gameplay videos and think about what style of play you might like but mostly just get involved you know the, the saying decisions are made by those who show up get involved turn up to events talk to people uh, you know no one picks up a new hobby and is an instant expert um, so ask around if, the, if there's one thing that nerf modders love doing it's showing you their latest creation and telling you how it works and what they did and how they made it. So yeah, get get involved, ask all the questions, uh, and then yeah, start trying stuff for yourself. So I am on the right track of asking all the questions, some being very good questions and some being very stupid questions, but I am on the right track. And to learn more, which is a great little wrap around to my following question, do you have any links, websites, projects, social media things that you would love to share so people can come learn more about you follow you and also show you some love uh yeah absolutely so my youtube link will be below as i said before that's a there's a mix of gameplay videos and breakdown and build videos of some of the different blasters i've made this is probably uh, making videos is sort of a, a side hobby uh, i guess something that i've only picked up after getting into nerf modding so you know i'm not a, an expert video editor um but i you know i try to improve all the time but there's you know there's a bunch of people in different groups all over the place um, who make other gameplay videos that you can that you can watch and you know they're enjoyable to watch just for the fun of it but also learning about different game types and, and styles of play and uh, you know there's a number of youtubers who have been in the hobby for 10 15 20 years uh, and making videos all that time who are, who are really well known and bring a lot of expertise and uh, you know provide you know, whether it's reviews of new blasters or you know updates and news around the hobby you know sharing information sharing opinions and thoughts um, so there's a there's a there's a bunch of youtubers 
around, heaps of content to read. So that that's probably the most accessible way of finding out more about the hobby. Well, that's perfect. I'll put all that information down below so people can go check it out. And I do highly recommend people to go check out Andrew's uh, website or YouTube channel because you'll learn a lot more about Nerf modding and you'll also learn about Andrew's tactics of how he plays. So if you ever do encounter him in a Nerf battle, you'll know his every move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to see anyone listening to this. Um, you're welcome to, to any of our local games. <laughs> if you have heard this and you do turn up at a Brisbane area Nerf group event, please come and say hi and tell me <laughs> tell me that you heard the podcast. For a second, I thought you were going to say, if you are listening to this right now, dare to challenge me. <laughs> it's like a call out. Uh, so yes, yeah, so now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about Nerf modding? Um, I guess on a scale of 9 to 10, how much do you want to get into Nerf modding now, Alex? I have always been a giant fan of Nerf Blasters, even to the point that we did it part of my bachelor party <laughs> before my wedding. Oh, excellent. We went to like an abandoned gas station. It was glow in the dark. I had a few drinks. It was, it was very interesting, but it was cool. I loved it. Uh, and then at my friend's place, we like flipped the couch over. And because uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes one of the problems you encounter is like, I hit you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. So uh, at my friend's house, instead of doing that, we like he had a long hallway. It was pretty big. So we just like flipped the couch and stuff like that. And then we put uh, giant Sharpies standing up at the other end. And the objective was to shoot those Sharpies down. So it was continuous. Uh, exactly. So it was continuous bullets and there's no pause to go pick up. The, uh, not the bullets, but the darts. So uh, yeah, as of modding itself, I would love to get into it. Will I have the time? Uh, I don't know because I have a son on the way. So that's uh, that's going to consume a lot of my time for sure. But uh, maybe I'll pick it up with him. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on and showing your passion for nerf uh, blasting modding, if that's a way of saying it. Yes, nerf modding and just sharing with the world. I cannot thank you enough. Not at all. Thanks for having me, Alex. So if you guys want to learn more about Andrew, you should go check him out. I'll put all the links down below so you can guys, so you guys can go show some love, show some support, and watch him create these blasters. It's pretty cool. He goes into great detail. He takes it apart. It's kind of like a Lego instruction set. So it's like, this is step one, step two, and then the epicness comes at the end. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to show some more support, uh, you know, I accept reviews, whether they're good or bad, you know, it helps. And even more support on top of that. I know I'm just stacking these up right now. More support. I sell merchandise on Redbubble and I also have a Patreon. So these are only optional. It's not going to stop me from making any podcasts. But if you want to show some support, there's that too. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, Andrew. No problem, Alex. Thanks again. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>